wanted to ask if you can tell us about yourself. Sure. What you do and what brought you to where you are right now? Absolutely. So I knew from a very early age that I wanted to be a physician. I did a report on the heart, I think, in like the first or the second grade. And I was like, oh, my gosh, fell in love with the heart and just wanted to be a cardiac surgeon. So I knew that that took a lot of work and that, you know, I had to be diligent and get good grades and all that kind of stuff. So I worked really hard, um, got all A's, National Honor Society, all that good stuff. And um, I was going to college. I got a biomedical honors scholarship to Xavier University, which is number one in placing minorities in medical schools. So I was super excited about that. And I was like, okay, got to work really, really hard. Um, I literally had two to three jobs. One of them was shift manager at a pizza hut. And, mm. you know, was getting all A's, very type A personality, right? And, <laughs> um, as shift manager at Pizza Hut, you get very tired of eating pizza. Yeah, <laughs> that's <All this>. yes. <laughs> my favorite food right now. But I was I, I couldn't eat pizza back then. So I would drive through and get um, a smoothie every day on my way to work. And one day after work, I literally had to pull over and throw up. And I was just so, so sick. And I was literally sick for a week. And my friends were like, oh, my gosh, she hasn't been to class in a week. She must be dead, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> to my apartment and they were like oh my god did we just walk in but you know of course I came to the door they were like you look like crap and to the emergency room so in the emergency room I don't remember what they diagnosed me with they gave me some medicine and I literally didn't get better so of course the cavalry which was my aunt at this time and I gave her a glass of water and I gave myself a glass of water. And I remember I was in this old gray Xavier t-shirt and probably hadn't showered in like a week because I was so tired and so sick. Like I didn't even want to get up and go to the bathroom is how tired I was. And I probably smelled. Um, but I remember taking a sip of the water and I literally projectile vomited. So she was like, what in the world? So kind of carried me down the stairs and put me in her car and took me back to the emergency room. And I was the third diagnosed case in New Orleans with hepatitis A and contamination, right? And so the smoothies that I was drinking on the way to work, um, the Smoothie King had imported a bad batch of strawberries from Mexico. So that is how I got hepatitis A. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know what's going on. All right, give me I was like, I don't even know what it is. I was like, surgery, a pill, whatever you need to do. I've already lost like two weeks of work in school. And this is that time when I'm trying to apply to medical school. So let's get it going, right? Yeah. um, They're like, yeah, no. They're like, it's going to be about six months. Um, I had chronic fatigue at the time. They were like, you have to be quarantined. Your body just has to kind of like hang out and heal itself. And I was like, what? So (laughs) mom sent me a book and it was like, some natural remedies or something like that. And I was like, I'm so tired. Like I was literally sleeping for about 15 hours out of the day and, you know, trying to eat when I could. And so I did look at the book and there was like a couple of things in there. And I was like, Oh, that's easy enough. So I asked my aunt to get them. And I did those um, little tricks. I remember milk thistle, which is an herb um, that's really nutritive for the liver specifically was one of the things that I did. And I rested and I hydrated. Right. So I was literally feeling better in about two weeks. You know, they had said six months and I was like, well, can we just please go and see if I can be cleared? 
So, you know, they did the lab test and he looked at me and they were like, okay, you're cleared. And I was so excited to tell them what I had done because they were like, oh, it's going to be six months. Um, he poo-pooed the idea <laughs> that it had to do with this herb and some other natural things that I was doing. But I was like, whatever, as long as I'm cleared. Well, in the back of that book, it had, um, it talked about a school, a naturopathic medical school, and the fact that this was a legit profession. You are a licensed doctor, but you're using natural medicine. And I got to thinking about it. I was like, oh, this really, really resonates with me. And that is how I ended up shifting my mindset from um, doing conventional medicine to I'm going to be a naturopathic physician. Wow. Yeah, that is it. That is uh, that's amazing. Um, what's your favorite part about being a naturopathic doctor, a naturopathic physician? Honestly, it is the transformation. Like, mm. really, I feel like I'm really saving lives and transforming yeah. their health, transforming from illness to wellness is what makes me excited. Like, you know, somebody who has been sick for years and they make some simple changes um, and they feel like a million bucks. I love to see that. I love to mm. see changes in lab work. I love to hear them say, oh, my gosh, I feel so much better. I love that part. Right. Wow. And now um, how does that tie in with public health? I'm just interested because. And I'm just thinking of this right off the bat, like, I feel that, you know, a lot of times, like in the hospital, we're focused on, okay, this is the problem that they have, we're fixing it with medicine. And then that's it, we send, you know, for the most part, we send you on your way, mm -hmm. what happens? I mean, how does your work fit into that? So what I like, um, is I don't like the one and done, I like to see the continuity of care. Right. Okay. So, you know, I'm a concierge physician, which means that they can call me, they can text message me, they can email and they can come in as much as they want. So I kind of get to know the family. I know what stresses they have. I know the true overall picture of health because health isn't just the physical ailments. Mm hmm causes physical ailments but if it's stuff that's going on in their everyday life or their husband their wife their aunt their sister their kids or this that and the other are consistent um stressor in their life i hear it and i see it because they're constantly in contact with me i have more contact than most physicians do with their patients so i'm constantly involved in their life and not fixing it, but suggesting things that would make life easier. So mm. stressors. Mm. Wow, that's interesting. Um, so for this podcast, we really focus on, you know, that the healthcare workers, you know, that are uh, yeah. that are providing Thank the care. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, with um, our shifts, many of us work, you know, 12 hour shifts or even more, you know, as a physician, you know, you could be on call, you end up working you yeah. know, 16 hours or more. Now, um, for those of us who are on our feet so much, um, putting in these long shifts, these long days, what health tips do you have for us? Because I know that there's so many like great 
social media accounts where they're focusing on health, but it's not specific to us. It's for those who are maybe working eight to four, you know? Um, So what specific health tips would you give for those of us who are working those long hours, those long days, kind of pouring into others, you know, day in and day out? So my first tip is try try to fix that shift. I don't think that anybody should be working those type of shifts. And um, I know that somebody has to do it. So that's great. But, you know, let somebody junior, if you're senior, try to switch those shifts out so that you're not mm-hmm. those shifts or don't work them consecutively. Or maybe once a month or something like that. But try to get your schedule so that you're not working those graveyard shifts. There's so many implications and health implications to working those swing shifts, night shifts, um, definitely increases cardiovascular. There is a cardiovascular risk factor, strokes, cancer, all of those. Night shift is actually classified by the World Health Organization as a carcinogen. So I'm Mm. concerned about our healthcare workers that are working those shifts. And I see, I am the doctor's doctor. So I see, I see, and I have a lot of um, physicians that are my patients and it's the one thing I'm like overall lifestyle change. I really, really want you to switch from having those shifts or don't have as many shifts. Right. Okay. Mm. Not everybody can do that. So self-care tips. Um, I used to be a flight attendant and everybody knows um, the whole spiel, put your oxygen mask on first before you assist anybody else, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to take care of yourself in order to take care of those patients. And I think that as healthcare uh, workers, we're constantly giving and pouring of ourselves into other people. It's our nature. That's it's, it's our job, but it's probably something that we love because I don't think that we would have that job if we didn't love taking care of people, right? Right, right. I think we have to understand at some point... We have to take care of ourselves. And so number one for self-care tips for us, I really think is that we have to get a wellness team. I I find that we don't go see the doctor. (laughs) So so true. (laughs) We need a team. Like go find a mental health therapist. All right. Somebody that you can talk to. Mm -hmm. Actually say, okay, it's time for you to get your labs done. You know what I mean? I've done too, right? Yeah. How are you feeling? Taking care of yourself, that kind of stuff. So, you know, as a concierge physician, it makes it very easy for healthcare um, workers to come see me because I'm going to say, I, they can text me and say, okay, or I can text them and I can say, it's time to get laughs, right? So number one is getting a wellness team. That includes not only somebody that can do your labs and kind of take control of, okay, here's what's going on. Here's what you need to do. Um, but also a mental health care professional because, uh, you know, we've got so much going on that I think that talking to somebody, a therapist is a really good idea for us. Number right. is scheduling me time. Hmm. Every single week on my calendar, I work a four day work week. And I know not everybody can do that, but you should really strive to do it, especially in healthcare, because we are constantly giving, giving, giving. So in my after my four days, on my fifth day, it literally says on my calendar, me time. Excellent. And even though I might do some administrative work during that day, I make it a point to 
I don't know, go get my hair done, go get a massage, you know, veg out on the TV, something to allow me to decompress so that I can be the best physician for my patients. And I think it's really important that at least once a week you schedule that, even if you're only scheduling an hour. Yeah, Green and I have a whole day, but even an hour where you're like, no, it's dedicated me time, right? Right, right. And the third thing that I I want to impress upon your listeners is that I'm really a fan of daily detoxing. So, you know, I'll run cleanses with my patients and even in my social media groups and whatnot, but daily detoxing to me has become really, really important. I want people to understand that the things that we do on a daily basis, like certain products that we put on our face and, you know, deodorants and toothpaste and lotions and all that kind of stuff they have toxins in them and when we combine all the things that we're doing on a daily basis we are increasing our daily toxic burden and if we a little bit more conscious about what we put on our bodies what we put in our bodies and how we take care of it just like you know um drinking out of the stainless steel bottle instead of the plastic bottles or microwaving plastic. You should always be microwaving, you know, glass, that kind of stuff. So little things that you can do to reduce your, your daily toxin burden, I think also helps with our physical and our mental um, wellness. So those are my self-care tips for us as healthcare professionals. So number one in the overall thing is um, try to switch and not have those shifts, right? Right. Amount. Um, so that's overall, that would be ultimate. But since that can't always happen, number one is to get a wellness team. That means mental health and also somebody to do labs and check on you, a doctor for yourself. Two is me time, bare minimum once a week, bare minimum one hour. Um, and then three is to do daily detoxing to keep yourself healthy and to decrease your toxic burden. Mm, excellent. Excellent. Oh my goodness. That's so important. So helpful. Uh, I would, um, I wanted to ask too, cause I know that on your social media, you brought, you bring up a lot of great, um, uh, posts about eating healthy, eating right. And, um, <laughs> For some who, you know, unfortunately right now may have to be working the night shift. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, potlucks are huge <laughs> in the hospital. They it's are like the worst of yummy food too, right? <laughs> yes. And I we okay, we love our potlucks and mm-hmm. just eating in general, like when you're working some of those odd shifts or even when you're working a regular shift. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some healthy eating habits that you want to share with us? Um, and maybe some that we might not know, you know, mm-hmm. um, we know we need to drink our water, we need to eat our fruits and veggies, but what are some things kind of, if you could grab some of us by the shoulders and just mm-hmm. like, you know, scream it at us, what yeah. are some things that we need to know? Um, one, I guess for you all is, um, kind of trying to eat within a window. There's, um, something called intermittent fasting. And I don't know if your listeners are aware of it, but it is basically like you choose a time or a window of hours in which you're going to eat and the rest of the hours you're actually fasting. 
So 16-8 is the normal um, intermittent fasting. So you fast for 16 hours, you eat for eight hours out of the day. And so mine is I start eating at 10 a.m. and I stop at six. So whatever your shift is, um, you need to designate that time like, okay, I'm only going to eat at that time. And if it's outside of that time, you can have coffee, tea, or water. Um, so if this potluck is ongoing for multiple hours and it's out of your eating time, then you just know, hey, I can't eat that. Um, another, maybe number two is bring something healthy for you to that potluck, like something that you know is healthy that you can munch on that you feel good about hey this is good for me um you could always eat before you go <laughs> so mm, yeah or, or bring your lunch or bring whatever so that you know that you're not going to be hungry or tempted to have that pound cake or you know else it is that they've brought or you could also drink water so a lot of times we think we're hungry and we're actually thirsty so oftentimes I'll have patients um, drink a bottle, like eight to 12 ounces, well not eight, 12 to 16 ounces of water first, and then go see if you're actually hungry. Um, it will actually kind of fill your stomach up and you won't feel as hungry. For the students out there, people who are trying to decide what area of health care they want to go into mm -hmm. um how do you become you know how do how do they you know get into that line of um line of sure. work yeah so um after your four years of college you're going to do four years of medical school um to become a naturopathic physician so there's only a couple of schools in the u.s that offer the true naturopathic medical degree that allows you to mm -hmm. sit for board board exams okay so you make sure that it's a cme which is council on naturopathic medicine medical education accredited school so they have one in san diego one in kenmore washington one in portland oregon one in lombard illinois one in Tempe, Arizona, that's the one that I went to. And the one that's in Connecticut is closing. Um, there's two in Canada. So so you can hear there's very limited amounts of schools that actually mm -hmm. free. So what you'll do is you'll apply to the school. You definitely have to have prereqs, and each school has different prereqs. So you need to, you know, kind of contact the school first. Um, the first two years are just like any other medical school. Um, you're going to do your anatomy, physiology, your gross, your labs, all that kind of stuff, right? The third year are where you start to differ. So after your first two years, at least in the school that I went to in Tempe, Arizona, um, we have to take a, a, a an exam, a board exam. So it's kind of like USMLE step one. Um, ours is the NPLEX step one, so our basic sciences. So NPLEX is Naturopathic Physicians Licensing Exam is what it stands for. And so it's basically lets, uh, lets everybody know, hey, I know all my basic sciences. Like, I'm good to go to go to clinic. <laughs> yeah. And shadow some other people that I'm not going to be dangerous, right? <laughs> um, we had to take, yeah, basic science exams, and then we had to take a clinic entry exam as well. So it's um, uh, is what we have to do. So then the third and the fourth year, you start getting into where you can actually shadow in the clinic, 
but more importantly, we start navigating into more naturopathic courses. So um, in my line or my school, it would be acupuncture, nutrition, homeopathy, uh, botanical medicine, um, those type of courses that are different from conventional med medical school, um, definitely biochemistry um, with a twist or a emphasis on botanicals. Um, we also have pharmacology, but the pharmacology is not just um, prescription medication, it's the pharmacon pharmacognancy of also the botanicals. So we have to know both. And we have mm. to between them because our patients are coming and they're on you know prescription medications but they want to taper off or they're coming and they're like oh, oh I'm taking um, valerian root and I don't want to take my Ambien well we need to know the mechanism of action for both to see whether or not that's appropriate or not and oftentimes they're coming to us and asking well can I take this herb and know whether or not that's going to be appropriate or not, depending upon what other drugs they're on. Right. Huh. So then after the, the third and the fourth year, um, you take another board exam. So just like you would do Yosemite step two or three, this one is um, basically you're out of clinic at this point, and it's to, to say, hey, I'm legit and I can actually see patients and not kill them. What do you like most about your job, but just kind of the opposite? What, what, what would you say you like least about it? Is there anything that you don't like about yeah. the physician? Yeah, so my specialty is really oncology, so naturopathic oncology. And a lot of times I'm getting patients that have been written off by conventional medicine. They're like mm -hmm. kind of epic or something like that and I, I look at them and I'm like oh my gosh I, I feel like I could have done so much more if you had just come to me earlier that oh, yeah. are, are like um, mismanagement of like certain chemos and things like that like mine is very personalized medicine so I send labs off to Greece and I know exactly which chemo exactly which immunotherapy exactly which natural medicines are going to kill the cancer and I just it bothers me that sometimes in conventional medicine we don't take that extra step to be really sure and to give the level of care that I think that all patients deserve if there's anybody you know listening right now because we do have many um many students who listen to this, many young people who listen to this podcast, what would you, uh, and if they're looking into this field of medicine, or, you know, or this field of healthcare, what would you say, you know, um, any words of inspiration you may have for them? Or oh, about yeah. being a physician in general, I do know um, some people mm -hmm. who are wanting to go that route, who are listening to this podcast that are wanting to, you know, be a doctor, but of course it, it's very challenging as you already know, and um, mm. they are a little discouraged about that. What, any words of inspiration that you may have for them? Yeah, you know, find a mentor, uh, find a physician that you can talk to. And I would talk to many. Um, we all have different perspectives, different journeys that led us to this field. Um, talk to as many as possible. Shadow as many as possible that what that will allow you you know into their office and see their daily grind mm -hmm. I don't think 
physician is for everybody um, or even healthcare in general. You know, right. it's empathy and not everybody has that. Some people should be behind a desk. <laughs> so, yep, yep, yep. Some people are, are, we definitely need that, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> there at a desk like that and, and be at a computer 24-7, but we need that. So I think to just kind of to test the waters and make sure that this is really something that you want to do. And if you're interested in naturopathic medicine in general, um, I would suggest going to naturopathic.org, um, N-A-T-U-R-O-P as in Paul, A-T-H-I-C.org. Um, that's our national organization to kind of get a feel for uh, what is naturopathic medicine? What does it entail? What's our scope of practice? We're not every single state. So you need to know that. Um, what is it like to practice as a naturopathic physician? All of those different things. But, you know, if you know a specialty that you're interested in, reach out to some physicians that are in that, you know, that field and talk to them and see how they feel about it because they're in it already. So where can we find you on social media? I am on all social media, Dr. Sam and D. So that's D-R-S-A-M-M-N as in naturopathic, D as in doctor. All social media. My website. Excellent. Yep, it's drsamnd.com. So very easy to remember. Oh, excellent. Oh, thank you so much for everything you shared. I mean, excellent, you know, tangible advice, easy advice, and um, powerful. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I <laughs> for having me.